0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back once again. Yes, it is. It is the Hot Tag Podcast with your man, your best friend, the ultimate, the Chesapeake Playboy himself, Eric Big Grizz Billups. I'm here. Normally, I would have my tag team partner, Big Shay, with me, but he's got some business. I got to take. He had to take care of today, so I was stuck in a situation. I thought I was gonna have to handicap this bad boy by myself. But the powers that be told me that I could pick any partner that I wanted to. And you know what? I found my partner. He knows just about the, just as much about wrestling as he does about anime. And trust me, he's good at both. Let me tell you. He lives right now in California. Am I right, brother?
1: Correct. Correct.
0: He's in California right now. But he is affectionately known, and he may not know this yet, but he is affectionately known as the Peninsula Empire, Ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you, Mr. Roy Hotnet. Brother, how you doing, man?
1: Doing well, man. How about yourself? Feeling good. I'm, I'm doing great.
0: Let me tell you, I appreciate you so much for doing this show with me, man. I thought I was going to have to win this one by myself. But you came in at the last-minute clutch game. With the hot tag and came in through. So I tell you, man, I can't appreciate—I I, I can't, you know—appreciate you enough for doing this. Real quick, tell everybody about yourself.
1: Well, man, um, I've been a wrestling fan pretty much all my life. Um, grew up obviously in the Attitude Era, like most of us. Um, definitely a huge DX fan. I'm—I'm I'm a mark for a good for a good pop. So uh, definitely, definitely glad to be here for the hot tag for sure. Because you know the fans love a good pop from a hot tag. But um, other than that, man, I'm a workhorse. I, uh, I work pretty much six days a week. So my, my free time is very spare. So, you know, I, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to, to getting into the nitty-gritty with you, my friend.
0: Yeah, Oh, man, absolutely. And the nitty-gritty is what we do here at the Hot Tag Podcast. So let's get into it. First of all, breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Yesterday, Amy Polanski wife of Corey Graves, went on to Instagram yesterday and posted a shocking allegation. Now, a lot of you have heard about this. She's put it out there that not only has she had to deal with, you know, different, you know, alcoholism and allegedly, let's go with allegedly because we don't want to get, you know, we definitely don't want to get sued. You know, I can't do that to you on (laughs) on the first show with you, Roy but allegedly you know he's dealt with alcoholism and you know uh mental health issues but also accused him of having an affair with wwe women's superstar carmella shocking roy
1: what do we even make of this honestly i'm not surprised um not in the sense of, of, of Corey Graves cheating, but but more in the sense of Carmella, just because you know she looked good. She looked good, um, and and after that whole debacle with uh, with a big cast, you know she's been on the free market for a while, and uh, I've always been curious whether she was dabbling a little bit realistically. Um, but with Corey Graves and, and and as far as as his career, it is surprising in that regard. Um, because, you know, at first with the whole, you know, him being depressed, that makes sense. Because if you remember way back in the early NXT days, he was a tag team champion with Neville, right? Right. right. So, so it was one of those things where him losing his his wrestling career because of his injury, of his concussions. And then, um, you know, the whole debacle with Neville before he left, um, that I, I can believe as far as as far as the um the uh you know possible you know alleged suicide attempts and alcoholism i i can understand because everybody deals with situations in different ways now but his wife's always been loyal to him so as far as him you know um cheating on his wife that that part to me is definitely shocking for sure and it, it is i'll tell you what it is, and a lot of people
0: the, the issue <laughs> The issue I have is that some people will equate this to how he carries himself on TV. True. And 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 I guess that's the beauty. That's the beauty of wrestling, but it's also the curse, man. Because, you know, at the end of the day uh, well, I can't I can't say that because I was I was about to say that you can't equate, you know what I'm saying, how people act you know, in WWE as to real life. Now, of course, in some instances, there's an exception because there there's always been talk that, Enzo, that how Enzo Amore acted in WWE is how he acted backstage. So for most instances, you can't you know, you have those people that actually live their characters. You know, Ric Flair, you know, famously for another one. But in this case, when it comes to you know, marriage issues and stuff like that, you have to separate, in my opinion, you've got to separate one from the other. Mm-hmm. And I think Corey's going to get a bad rap uh, well, even more than he already is, but I think he's going to get even more of a bad rap because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you could, pull, at, you could pull at least 10 people, at least, you know, real wrestling fans, and at least five, six people will say, yeah, Corey's kind of a jerk <laughs> on comedy. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. It, Except for when it comes to Randy uh, Mandy Rose, and trust me, I am not trying to start anything when I say that. I'm just calling it how I see it. But when it comes to you know these marriage issues, like you, you have to take away the character from the person. And if everything that she's put out here is true, not only could not only could you know obviously damage his personal life. But professionally, too. And it's not like she didn't – and I won't say she didn't have a right to do it because at the end of the day, that's her Instagram. She can do with it what she likes. And, you know, everybody's already told her, you know, you should mind your business, should be in-house. Everybody's relationship and marriage is different. What's one, what's one thing for you isn't for another. And I feel like we don't have room to judge, you know, judge. But this is – it takes away a lot from the show, man. I, I would think, you know, a lot. I, you know, I asked some people last night, and some people felt like it didn't take from the show. But imagine, you know, once the camera, you know, once it opens and the cameras, you know, cued on uh, Michael, Renee, and Corey, you have to imagine that the crowd, you know, is going to say something about it. some type of chant is going to come up about it, and I feel like this is going to take away. From the show, even as far as Carmella, even you know, coming out for her match, would you agree on that, or or am I just wrong, or am I you know looking at this from a different perspective?
1: I mean, you are looking at it from a different perspective, but it's not a bad one. Um, I have a bit of a different perspective though, just because WWE has a history of taking controversy and working it to their benefit. Um, look at the the paid situation. With Xavier with Xavier Woods, look at um, honestly. Look at the situation um, with Kurt Angle and his past with you know, like in like in the darker side of life with females. Look at um, you know honestly. Look at the Enzo situation. they are already on the concept of, of looking at-, look at you know Carmella, big cast, but like. Look at the situation with Enzo that before he, you know, got fired, they were working him as well. So I mean, it's, it's not a, not a, not a far throw to say that it will, you know, the crowd's going to get involved obviously when Carmela comes out, the crowd's going to get involved with Corey Graves, but you also have to look at it as, as a sense of how valuable Corey Graves is to the commentary team right now. When I look at Corey Graves, yeah, he's, he's a jerk on TV but he hearkens back to the older um, older commentators like um, like Heel King, for example, or, yeah. or Billy Graham. Um, Bobby the yeah, Brain Heenan. Bobby the H- Brain Heenan is the That's first That's what comes to him. mind when, when he talks.
0: First person exactly. that comes to
1: mind. Exactly. And it's one of those things where he, he does both shows because they don't have anyone else that they can comfortably rely on for SmackDown. So Corey Graves does both shows. He does constant. He does content on on the network. He does. um, He does. You know some some backstage stuff depending on what it is. Um, He does in in ring interviews sometimes. Like it's it's he's everywhere. So it's it's not a far throw to say that it's not going to affect the show for a multitude of reasons. Mainly the fact that he's valuable to WWE. And actually, I was looking over some some um, some articles that I had um, been reading about the situation and in fact kind of leading off with the initial story um, graves apparently responded to his wife um, and she posted it on her Instagram story stating and I quote oh shout out to Michael Cole I suggest taking that post down because WWE is gonna sue you I just got a call so it's it, so it's 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 a situation it's a very volatile situation but at the same time WWE, will protect their valuable interests no matter what. They've been known to do that in the past.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree. I, when you put it that way, okay, so then, yeah, I have to agree with you. I just don't see how they spin this into a storyline that gets a positive reaction. You know, like... When Roman, Reigns, when, when Roman Reigns came out to the ring and said that he had cancer, um, you know, that was a big deal and that was a sobering moment uh, for The Shield. And then, of course, that night, uh, Dean Ambrose turns on Seth Rollins and a lot of people thought that that was in taste. Me, I personally disagree. I thought that was, to say, I think that's the route that you go, especially, you know, with Roman being gone, you know, the show must go on. You know, and I think there was – and while some people think it was a bad taste, I think that was kind of what it needed at the time for the focus, you know, to get back to the wrestling. And I just – people are going to have that same perspective, in my opinion, if they if they try to spin this a certain way, especially with the accusate you know, with her saying, you know, having to deal with, you know, him, you know, possible suicide attempts. Stuff like that. Like when it comes to something serious like that, like of course, don't get me wrong. Che- you know, cheating. You know, in your marriage, is a big deal. But when you're talking mental health and mental illness and suicide and stuff like that, you know, it it can kind of leave a bad taste in your mouth. And it's not like W. D. hasn't done it before, and just like they didn't care. You know, the same thing when they did, uh, like withdraws, uh, withdraws when he was part of. Uh, the New Legion of Doom, and you know he had the the incident with Animal and pushed him off the Titantron and stuff. like that. That too left a, a really bad taste in people's mouths. So, in this current space where the WWE is huge right now, you know they've gotten you know the huge contracts with Mattel and the deal with Fox. I don't think they want to, you know, try to push that. You know, push the limit to where possibly you know their the other sponsor are like eh, I don't know about this, but like I said, this is the kind of stuff that's happened before. WWE just didn't care; like they just went right. So, I get what
1: you're saying. Yeah. So I,
0: mean, I just sorry. I'm sorry. No, go ahead.
1: I mean, I just feel like um, like as far as the the suicide, got okay, when I, when I said that they'll spin it in a positive way, and I'm sorry I didn't specify this further. Um, they they also tend to just not even acknowledge the crowd depending on the on the subject matter. CM Punk chants first thing they don't like a lot of times unless it's the McMahon's themselves they don't acknowledge it and if they do it's a brush off the shoulder. Um, Usually with situations like this in regards to cheating and and you know adultery in some sense they don't really acknowledge it. Look at the Bray Wyatt jojo situation. People have <laughs> forgotten. Them. People have completely forgotten about it because even while that was going on, those accusations were going on, whether they're true or not, WB just kept the ball rolling, like you just said. You know, they just – the show must go on. They literally just, you know, kept it going. Um, And I feel like with this situation, they'll do the same in regards to the cheating allegations because even though she she posted an Instagram story about it, people are going to doubt it. Because this has happened before with other with with other couples and and ex couples and you know trying to get clout off of the WWE, you know basing it off of you know cheating and what have you. So you know I feel like with the cheating thing they're just gonna kind of downplay it. But in regards to the 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 suicides, you know the the apparent suicide attempts and things like that, they might even go as far as to have Corey Grace kind of be a hero in that regard and say, hey, look, you know I I I was in a dark place in my life at the time, you know, and, and it's never okay to, you know, to, to feel like that. And they might try to get a sponsorship out of it. I mean, WWE is not beneath that, in my opinion.
0: Oh, look you at know, I mean, it,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah. they're not beneath that, you know, the warrior, the, you know, the warrior thing that they do every year at the Hall of Fame. Like, I, they're not beneath using people to push their agendas and get sponsorships and get paid. You know, and, and as messed up as that sounds, it's, it's just, that's just the way of, of of business, you know?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> we, you know, morally, ethically, yeah, it's questionable. But I mean, as far as business practice, the business practices go, it's kind of genius when you think about it. Mm-hmm. That's so, true. Hey, we can only see, to, you know, we will see what happens tonight. And of course, let's get away from that because there, we're on the road to WrestleMania, and it is full steam ahead, ladies and gentlemen. Elimination Chamber is tonight. And, Roy, I don't know how you feel about this card. I I feel like this is going to, like, jet set, and you know, jet set everything in motion uh, heading in the fast lane in uh, WrestleMania. Specifically, and we're going to go through, uh, you know, we're going to go through... Of course, you know, the match card and our predictions and our previews. But one thing that I noticed, uh, I noticed a report last night that uh, Becky Lynch invaded a WWE live show and interrupted a match between Charlotte and Asuka. And apparently she has, uh, and WWE has reported this, that apparently she's re-aggravated her knee injury. Mm. And wh- And one thing, one thing that's interesting to me is this happened on a live show. You know, stuff like this. Then this stuff happens. You know, on on you know Raw or SmackDown or a pay per view event. This was at a live show. This is kind of a big deal because at this point, anything like the the table is wide open, especially for tonight. Like we already had, we already had a clue that. Something something huge was going to happen from this point between now and uh Elimination Chamber as far as Charlotte and Becky Lynch. This one was a curveball because now everything is literally in limbo, we don't know what's going to happen with Becky Lynch as far as this goes. And you know, there's it could be debated, this could be storyline, this could be real, but. What do we take? What do we take from this? Defend this injury. Like, where do you see this going, Roy? Because I will tell you what, this could go. This could throw a real kick in the game. Considering she was already suspended by Vince McMahon, so what type of punishment is this going to come about?
1: Now, I'm I'm going to kind of look at this at a different perspective. Okay. Now, the last few WrestleManias, um, their injuries have kind of Full, like affected the show in a major way. Um, yeah. That that's, that's been documented. Um, and I feel like with how valuable Becky Lynch is to WrestleMania, I feel like all of this is a work. Absolutely, because I, I feel like Vince McMahon and in, in his mindset. Now, obviously, I'm not I'm not Vince. I can't I can't know exactly what he's thinking. But as far as like my my the thought process on it, I feel like he's trying to keep Becky protected from actual injury because he doesn't want another WrestleMania to go sideways a week out like it did last year and the year before. Um, But at the same time, he wants to keep Becky in people's minds because he wants to keep the main event hot. Because at this point, I have no doubt that 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 match is going to be the main event because it's the only match that we as fans are invested in 100%. Every other every other card is good. Every other every other potential match is good, um, but that's the only match to me that is not only invested by the fans but also has the the opportunity to be something else bid for next year, meaning for Horsewomen. Because if you if you remember, I'm not sure if you've been if you've been kind of keeping track of um, other news articles with Bailey and Sasha, but they had that that interaction where they, they're starting to throw up the Four horsewoman sign more. And even on NXT with Shayna and, and Jessamyn Duke and Shafir, you know, they've been, you know, talking about it, you know, every other week, you know, kind of sprinkling that, you know, that hope in there. So I feel like it's a dual, you know, it's a dual-edged sword in the sense that Vince is not only setting up for this year's WrestleMania by protecting protecting Becky Lynch, because she, let's be honest, she's the new Stone Cold. She is. She no is. Question. No, no question. The new stone cold and even stone cold himself has gone on record to say he loves the gimmick. He loves mm-hmm. it. And he, and he, and he sees a lot of himself in Becky as far as how the fans are invested in him, how she carries herself, how she's anti authority. But at the same time, there is no, there is no technical authority. heel faction right now. There isn't. Um, mm-hmm. but she's still playing that card and I love it. It's genius. But going back to my original statement, um, if I was Vince, I would do everything in my power to keep her out of the ring as long as possible until WrestleMania, just because of how hot she is. But at the same time, I want to keep her in people's minds so that the heat doesn't die off.
0: Right, and it's a smart move. It's a smart move on Vince's part because, you know, like you said, with the injury, you know, with the injuries even this year, uh, you know, with Nia Jax, you know, accidentally, you know, accidentally broke uh Becky's face and and I say accidentally hey <laughs> sorry this is my podcast I'm a little partial to Naya that's my boo thing that was an accident and I'm tired of everybody but you know colour her. you know I've heard botcha jacks or you know naya Bacha, stuff like that. God calm down. It's an accident feel, and, blew, and first of all that blew Becky the f- up okay <laughs> That's a that was the the punctuation towards her push. Now, of of course, it was accidental, but hey, you know, that's the kind of stuff that happens. But I, but back to the point, like, I absolutely agree that this is a smart business move by Vince. He definitely needs to keep her away as much as possible, but I also. When he talks about, you know, when you talk about the stuff that we're invested in, it's only up until like what, maybe a couple of weeks ago that the higher ups decided, hey, maybe we actually start, you know, need to start listening to because our viewership is going down the drain. And so, you know, our truth, our truth winning the US championship, Finn Balor getting his title shot against uh, Brock Lesnar. This is the mode that they need to go down, but I'm afraid. I'm afraid they're gonna get comfortable again. I'm afraid oh, they're gonna get comfortable, and and that and first of all, that is that's a horrible move considering uh, AEW's double or nothing sold out in four four minutes. minutes, four minutes, not even a full five minutes. If you're telling me, and the, I'm segueing real quick. If you're if you're gonna convince me. That the WWE is not nervous because of AEW, A- you're either delusional, or you are the mark of marks for WWE. I when, agree. When they're when when the higher ups are backstage at shows, talking to people who have one or two uh, two year contracts, you know one or two years left on their contracts, and they're offering five year deals to them backstage on shows, you're nervous
1: yeah here's okay too man I, just, I, I gotta speak on this while we're on the subject absolutely so man, it. so so here's the thing with aew that i'm tremendously excited about so i'm not sure if you've read up on it you might have or you know our listeners but the but batista is actually talking to both wwe and aew yeah. right now i heard and if you remember Batista has been trying to come back and have a match with Triple H for a very long time, and they keep, sh- you know, shrugging it off, pushing it off. Now, regardless of which direction Batista goes, I'm actually more curious if he does, if WWE does give him a match, that will cement to me that they see AEW as a threat. If Batista goes to AEW, that solidifies to me that AEW is real, is serious business, because. Oh, yeah. Tony Khan is not Tony Khan is 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 richer than Vince McMahon Mm -hmm. that that has been documented yeah he has more money to to invest into this than Vince McMahon does at at this point now as far as Vince goes however (coughs) the WWE excuse me is his baby so you know for a fact that he's he's all in until they go broke yeah with Tony Khan it's a little different um and I'm not sure if that you know we're kind of just snowballing a little bit but um but, you know, with Tony Khan, Cody and, and, and the Bucks and everybody, they, they have pretty much one shot to make this work. Yeah. Because if it's not, you know, not going to be a good investment, Tony Khan's going to pull out. But I don't believe that it's going to be a flop at all because Cody loves the business. You know? Yeah.
0: yeah absolutely. There's no – I won't say there's no way that this could fail, but when you look at All In – and what it took just to put that together, and for it to be the success that it was, and then Tony Khan comes in and talks to Cody and says, "Yeah, let's really change the world." Everything that they've done up to this point has been one to show the people to show the people that <laughs> just like Cody's song says, "There's more than one royal family in wrestling." And, and ever since, you know, and ever since, uh, you know, NWA, ever since, uh, you know, WE pretty much took over NWA and, you know, Dusty Rhodes, you know, flipped the WWE, the, Rose family, the the Rose family has been an afterthought. When I, and a lot of, you know, our younger fans may not understand how big a deal Dusty Rhodes was to NWA, not only did you know, not only did the man help create it, but that was the platform for WWE in my and that's perspective.
1: I agree. agree.
0: You know, some people be like, no, you know, Vince Sr. brought that together. But you know what? NWA was running those territories for a good little bit before WWE took over. So that was the template. And with the knowledge that Dusty had and, you know, that being instilled into uh, Dusty, uh, not Dusty, but Cody, and then Dustin, you know, Dustin helping out with AEW, it's too big to fail, man. And with all the moves that were, you know, the moves that they're making, uh, Hangman, you know, signing, you know, of course, Cody, the Bucks, um, Kenny Omega, the way they're diversifying things, Sonny Kiss, Unless you're a mm-hmm. homophobe, you're excited as hell about yep. the direction that AEW is going. They're diversifying. They're see- They've seen. They've seen what WWE has done, where it's just you know one huge meat market. You know these. Mm-hmm. You know big. You know these big huge guys <laughs> that supposedly re- that's all wrestling's supposed to look like. Daniel Bryan showed. Daniel Bryan showed different. Eddie Guerrero showed different. Crispin Wash showed different. And they've been paying attention that it doesn't take the big, huge, beefy wrestler to to put a company over. And
1: with I mean, everything- right now, that's the fact. Look at look at Seth Rollins. Right, dude, dude went from face to heel to face to heel four times in the last five or six years, and every time the crowd ate him up. He is literally a white meat baby face right now, and the crowd's eating him up. Yeah, his promos to me personally, because I've seen them for so long, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, are cringy as hell, and the crowd still eats them up.
0: Yeah, I have to, I have not liked his promos over the past week. I'm not gonna lie, and I think I think it's just the the whole Brock Lesnar thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I, I'm so tired of Brock Lesnar. I'm so oh, tired, of and and it's not even just from. The, the, you know, the kayfabe fan in me. I, I'm just one of those people. I'm huge on the tradition of wrestling. You know, and to have a part-time guy who, do, who obviously has no respect for the business. Mm-hmm. You know, to put the strap on him because he makes money like that. I think that's been the biggest revolt of the WWE universe. That's been the biggest thing. And so, just segueing that, you know, back to AEW real quick. That's gonna yeah, double or nothing is going to be huge, Absolutely. especially with their lineup. If you, like I said, you're delusional if you if you don't think WWE is nervous. That's yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, they're super nervous. But man, we flip flop like four or five different directions. <laughs> And we, we still did. got a whole pay-per-view to go over. And this is what hey, this is why the people love the show. Because most of our listeners are probably <laughs> probably as ADD as we are. <laughs>
1: yeah, what here so about wrestling?
0: yeah I, I mean, I'll I'll go from ZZW to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Shout out to Jim Cornette. Jim Cornette, friend, friend of the show. You are a friend here, my friend. If you ever listen to the show and you decide you want to come on, have at it, my friend. We are more Absolutely than glad
1: to Absolutely,
0: but, you know. But for starting off, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and get into these uh, previews and predictions. Uh, the first show up is going to be, of course, on the pre-show. The cruiserweight championship between uh, Akira Tozawa and Buddy Murphy. Roy, why do they keep putting the cruiserweights on the pre-show?
1: Because there's just not enough investment. Um, you, you would think so, but look. But the way I see it, um, and I promise I won't go off on a tangent here, but um, but I, but I, the fact that they took Mustafa Ali out of the cruiserweights because he was too popular for them, and put him on SmackDown, just shows how little they think of the cruiserweights even now. Um, and I think, um, well, first my actual prediction, obviously Buddy Murphy, because we've yeah. seen a West champ before. Um, like there's they, they I don't believe they have a face that's popular enough right now to take the strap. I don't. Um, so I feel like it's just gonna be a quick a quick retain. I mean it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great match because the cruiserweights put on great matches. But here's the thing. Um putting on great matches is only part of it. Um I feel as though there's not enough character development in the cruiserweight division, and that's the problem. um Agreed. Agreed. I, so the entire time that Cedric was champ, right, he put on fantastic matches, but there was a trend, um, and there continues to be a trend um, with the cruiserweights. When they come out, there's no pop. There's no excitement. The excitement comes late into the match when the matches speed up, but there's not enough um, like character development and, that, and story development. So, there, so in that case, there's not really a crowd investment when they come out. That's why they keep getting put on the pre-show. Typically with WWE and even even most wrestling companies, the more invested a crowd is in a story, the more likely they are to be higher up on the card. Look at the And we just talked about this with the Becky Lynn situation. So I don't even need to really go into it any farther than that. But that but as far as the prediction goes, definitely Buddy Murphy. I've seen a character's always champ before. And unless he has a mouthpiece, it's not going to (laughs) work. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh Buddy Murphy, but as far as two oh five live, Buddy Murphy's white hot too. And he is yeah. a and I think he's a great cruiserweight champion. I think it'd be I think it'd be ridiculous to take the belt off of him right now. I mean, you have to ride him into in, you know, into WrestleMania. But I think the one thing that they have to do, and I think they've more than I think they've done they've put uh they've put the cruiserweight championship on the main show of WrestleMania the past couple of years, haven't they? Correct me if I'm wrong.
1: I they, believe
0: they have. They have. have. Uh, they need to do something between now and WrestleMania to make to make their Cruiserweight championship for WrestleMania huge. That I feel like they're dropping the ball so hard on 205 Live ever since uh you know Vince saw what what uh Triple H did with NXT. Let Triple H take over NXT. You noticed after the after he took over, the rate the ratings started to, sky, to go up. That skyrocket, but they you know they started to go up. Right, and I, and I feel like like you said it's it's a they have a character development problem, absolutely. But I also think they have a recruiting problem. They still have the same group of guys. You know, I mean, they're not bringing in any new people. You can't treat two hundred five live like a Raw and SmackDown. Type deal. I feel yeah. like with two hundred five live, you have to constantly bring in fresh faces. If you're not going to develop them and you're not going to put any good writing behind them, the least you can do is really go out there and recruit and
1: keep it fresh. And see, and- here's where I disagree. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just step in um, and, and just disagree, simply because they need to give the talent they have. More, more of an investment because they're great wrestlers and they have potential, but for some reason they, they just don't want to invest in their in their character stories. For example, um, I had I had mentioned to you um, about a week or so ago, um, NXT. There was a match between Matt Riddle and, and um Cassius, and, No, Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak. Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. And that match was for the most part. A good old fashioned wrestling submission match. There mm-hmm. wasn't any, there wasn't a lot of strikes. There wasn't yeah. a lot of high flying. There wasn't there wasn't a lot of flash. But the crowd was hot because of the fact that it was it was good old fashioned mat wrestling with right. submission, and and uh, and um, it was it was probably the most beautiful match I've seen in a long time, a very long time. And that goes to show, like, if you have and then the thing about it is, before the match even started, Drew Gulak put this dude, this this other guy, in the ground. I can't remember what his name was, but he was some kind of air guitaring, um, Tanahashi wannabe, basically. Um, and I, I, I didn't care for the guy. I'm, I'm I'm doing my Jim Cornette right now. I didn't care for the guy. I thought he was <laughs> stupid. Um, I, I I wasn't feeling him at all. The crowd was because he was just doing really stupid, overly flamboyant things. Um, but Drew Gulak put him on the ground obviously because Drew Gulak's the king I, I, I'm a Drew Gulak guy for life um, and then Matt, Matt Riddle comes out and just starts talking about how NXT doesn't deserve him that NXT is better than him and this is where I'm going with this as far as what you were talking about with Triple H earlier mm-hmm. I feel like there is a slow build to NXT being its own brand with its own TV deal simply mm-hmm. because of the fact that that they have in my opinion, the best, period. It it needs to. In in WWE, I feel like they're the best. And even after halftime heat, my boy Velveteen, who we all love very dearly, went on record and said, there is nobody with more passion, more talent, and more heart than us. Doesn't care if it's Raw or SmackDown. Nobody's better than us. And he's 110% right. He is. He definitely is. And it's it's just one of those things where – I feel like going back to the to what you were saying earlier about the uh, the cruiserweight match. I feel like 205 should be with NXT because one, their their roster isn't that big. Two, they only get an hour of TV time, just like NXT. Um, but I feel like having NXT and 205 kind of cross brand would solve that problem as well, um, where you would get those new faces, but you would also be able to kind of build stories around both. 205 characters and um and and uh nxt while giving nXt tv time as well
0: uh yeah it's um just like you know just like they uh did with the uh tournament where they yeah, had the uh, nXt tournament, Nxt uk and 205 live and i think if they integrated if they integrated those three together. That's huge. Now, oh. of course, I don't want to see the Lucha. I don't want to see Callisto go against Walter. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't want to see that, obviously. You know, but especially, you know, get, hey, get me Cassius, give me owner on Walter. I mean, I pretty much know. Him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but that's or Keith, a, Lee. That's gonna... Keith Lee. Keith Lee and uh, Cassius owner Walter. We're well, probably going to see next week. I yeah. Believe. Oh, yeah.
0: That's, defi- that's definitely happening next week. And, and hey, my money, my money's on Keith Lee. I love Keith Lee. Sam. Keith Lee stole my gimmick.
1: <laughs> I
0: wanted to be the big guy that jumps off the top rope and like does a flip and slam on somebody. Like he completely took my gimmick. You know, put my whole thing together. I was like, and then I see Keith Lee, and I'm like, well, that's a drama. <laughs> and, an and he's an
1: anime fanatic, so it's 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 one of those in yeah, so oh and
0: I'm waiting for that episode of Up Up Down Down.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah,
0: quick. Huh. And I will literally stop whatever I'm doing. For that one. But yeah, I'm with you, man. Murphy all the way. He's doing great so far. Uh next show. Which I believe I believe that's the only one. I, I believe that's the only match on the pre-show. Correct. Um, the best friends. Or what, are, what are they call. The besties. Oh,
1: huh? Uh, the best friends?
0: Yeah, the besties. The oh, besties.
1: Okay. going against oh. the
0: Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I gotta tell you, man, my my prediction I've I was going back and forth on it with I because I, I was gonna say I, beforehand, before, uh, excuse me, all over the place, before Jimmy's arrest, I was gonna say the Usos are gonna, the Usos are gonna take the belts because you've got to, you've got to start uh, setting that up to where either Shane turns on Miz or Miz turns on Shane, and you get that going for WrestleMania. That was my original route. After Jimmy's arrest. I'm not completely convinced that they're going to get the titles now. I think they're going to keep it. I think they're going to keep it on them. I think I think they're going to give, you know, a little, hey, here's your punishment. You guys are not getting the titles. And I think that has, you know, while I think, you know, that's WWE's right to do so, if they go that route, they're very, they're playing a very dangerous game because Uso's contracts are up this year. And as far as I can tell – AEW's taxing division is looking kind of thin.
1: Yeah, man, that's quite put that I together agree. yet.
0: So there, so that's quite a conundrum right now. Like right now, I have to say, I think Shane and Miz are going to keep the keep the belts. You know, with everything that's going on. What do you think?
1: Honestly, I gotta. I, I want my prediction is different. I think it's going to be the Usos, and it's partially what you just said. So not only are there contracts up, right, but right. um. I feel like, like you said, uh, Shane and Miz, they've got to set up that match because Miz has gone on record to say that he's wanted to face uh, Shane before. Right. Um, So that, that's kind of a thing. Um, Also, I, I just, the Usos have put too much work in, man. They're, they're, they're an established tag team. You know, they've won the titles five different times. Um, They are really the only team that, has put on consistent matches over the years, in my opinion, and I just don't don't feel like it's believable that Shane and Miz and this whole this whole you know super underdog story. I I, I don't like I, I don't like Miz as a face. I never have. Um, he needs to stay healed for the rest of his career. It's just who he is. Um, it, it's like it's like the, honestly, I'm gonna give it to the Usos because, like you said, that that's the main thing that I was gonna that I was gonna speak on. Was the contract situation? They cannot afford to lose anyone else to AEW because I feel like that's where Dean's gonna go. Um, But I, you're gonna see uh, the return of John Moxley. Yeah, I I feel like I, uh, and that's what I need. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Kind of stay on track (laughs) a little bit. Um, But yeah, no, I I feel like in order to entice the Usos, just like the the damn revival, (laughs) um, they're gonna give them the belt because you got to think revival was very close. To making that jump. And all of a sudden, they're the troops
0: yeah. now. Hey, yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, you got me. You got me there. I, I completely got to agree with you. They could not, oh my gosh, if they lose the Usos to AEW, oh my gosh. And then it's like, you know, they had to reinvent themselves, you know, and put together, you know, put together the Uso Penitentiary, which, which is over as hell. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You no, know, I I, I, thought, I hated the cartoonish stuff they did before. I hated it. I hated yes. it. So when they came with this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah!" And not only that, it's just because as a black man, that's something I can relate to. Yep. You know. Oh yeah. You know the Uza. You know the Uza. I, I can't definitively say that. You know, they they might just be you know a hundred percent Samoan, but whether you know whether or not they they have respect for our culture. Yeah, they you know, to to go to trial because they didn't do it in a demeaning they didn't do it in a demeaning way you know It, it it's cool you know, it's cool to say welcome to the Uso Penitentiary because you know, they're going to lock it down every single show
1: yep, so, that's
0: true so yeah man, I, I I'm not, I don't think I'm going to change my pick because you made a very good point but I don't think it's enough to change my pick just because like I like I said, if they're going to do it, if they're going to do it, I think if they're going to um, make this match, I think it's probably going to happen closer more to Fastlane because I don't think, like, why would you leave a whole pay per view wide open for that? You know, especially if they're not going to do anything together at Fastlane, which I don't think they should do anyway, saving for WrestleMania. But, uh, you know that's been down the road for a while though too, because when Shane, um, the original plan for Shane was to turn heel after he won Best in the World. He that was is true. To, yeah. He was supposed to turn heel like, <laughs> first after that. And so, I don't think it'd be wise to take if they're gonna do it, d- you know, set up a set up a match at Fast Lane. Have Miz, you know, uh, have Shane do the turn. Boom, he's heel. Why I know, you don't like a face Miz. I think a face Miz is hilarious. I, I he's not always believable. I completely agree with you. I don't even always believe him as a face. But you got to admit the guy's been a little
1: bit entertaining. I mean, the dude's been a heel since Real World. Let's be real. Like the dude, <laughs> the dude's been a heel to be <laughs> since the Real World when he was a skinny little toothpick. <laughs> So that's why, for me, realistically, and and the thing about it is, like, I I love the guy because even then, I related to the Miz because I was I was that 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 guy that was obsessed with making my own wrestling character. I had all the all the the plastic belts. I I jumped off things. So right. for me, like, I literally followed his career all the way through. Yeah. So for me, I feel like he's just naturally. Heal. It's like it's like Randy Orton, and I will go back. I swear, but I'm just making references. Um Randy Orton has a face, not believable at all. Not, not at he, all. He, he's too blue. He, he's just too much of a of, of, of a of a of a. What's 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 the one we use here? He, he's too much of a of a of an arrogant prick. To uh <laughs> <Yeah>. to <convey laughs> to, And I mean, in life, like even like situations with fans, like you can tell he's just really like just not not about it unless he's getting paid. But going back to, to what we're saying about uh about the, the 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 tag team match, I I just feel like with the Corey Graves situation that we talked about earlier in the show, the USO situation isn't a, as a, on in the forefront of people's minds as much. So I feel like that will give the WWE the the wherewithal to give the USOs the belt and at the same time, you know, lock their contracts back down. Now, if they don't, and and your prediction comes true, then my my uh, my fantasy uh my fantasy you know situation will ha- has a higher chance of happening and that's right. my friends uh my friend is 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 going to having the USOs go to aew right like mm-hmm. we just talked about but think about this what if aew um ends up getting a partnership with new Japan okay mm-hmm. follow me I, I who's, in, who's in new Japan that is related to the Usos Oh Tama Tonga. You got it. So imagine if there's a partnership with AEW, right? And then they are, you know, a- of AEW in New Japan, which I-, I feel like it'll happen once they get that TV deal locked down. Yeah. Um and and imagine if you have the Usos in, in Bullet Club.
0: My friend, you have broken the fourth wall. <laughs> I are man, the, like, the Things think about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I'm from I think a lot of people would tell you that's a little far fetched, but it's not out of the realm of possibility.
1: Right. That's kind of how I how I look at it. It's 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 a long shot for sure. Not yeah, not gonna I, lie. God, god, could you imagine the Usos
0: in the Bullet Club? Oh my god. Now speaking of yeah. Bullet Club, former leader. With uh, our next match, pr- our, our next match prediction: Finn Balor taking on both the Almighty Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush in a handicap match for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. This one is interesting. It, it, this it's interesting, but it's also like okay. Because I don't understand, me personally, I followed it and I don't understand why Leo Rush is in the match
1: because he's the man of the hour. Now I'm 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 uh, I'm gonna just speak first. Are we gonna k Are we gonna this? Maybe, maybe we'll see. What? We'll see how how it pans out. But But on? so so here's the thing, man. Um I'm just going to say my prediction first just because it's going to shock ya. you. You pretty much like I'm a, I'm a Leo Rush fanboy. I am. I love Leo Rush. He personifies who I am as a person. Um but I feel like honestly they're going to give it the icy title to Finn. One because Finn's red, red hot, okay? But yeah. think about this. If they end up squashing this this, you know, if they if this ends up squashing the uh the uh the, the rivalry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. My mindset is with all of the banter that Leo Rush and Paul Heyman have had over Twitter the last like few days, um, I feel like they should prep for um, a Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar encounter simply because to me, realistically, as far as active roster goes, other than Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley is the only person that, in my opinion, can actually have a good, believable match with Brock Lesnar. Besides Drew um, McIntyre, yeah, Andrew McIntyre, correct. But Drew McIntyre, like, like, I feel like he's going to be a, a heel for a very long time. think he, um, like... he needs
0: a while. He needs a while before he gets, you know, before he gets a, a title match. I, I think a lot of people will say he's ready now. I personally. I think he needs a little more time, but that I, but, agree. That's me I agree with that. There. But I definitely agree with that. Uh I agree I completely agree with you. I do think that Finn is going to win. My thing is last month uh the uh, last pay-per-view he went up against Buckler, and I'm not going to go off on the tangent, but I'm a little partial to Demon Finn Balor. I love Demon Finn Balor. And I was a little disappointed that I didn't get Demon Finn at uh, going against Brock Lesnar. But I understand, but I understand why, as far as storyline goes. This
1: match yeah, the kind of gimmick too. Because keep he, in mind, whenever he goes Demon Finn Balor, um, it, it's usually a win for Demon Finn Balor. With the right. Brock Lesnar situation.
0: It's one of things were, yeah, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't gonna get he wasn't gonna get that, but they absolutely had to make him uh look good look so yeah. good as Balor Club, you know. So I get that, but I feel like with this match, if you're gonna put him in a handicap match, it, it, they could have done it. They could have just put Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor, and he could have been Balor Club Balor uh Balor Club. Um, go the same route as Brock. Uh, go the same route, Brock Lesnar. Make him really look good. Uh, make him lose the match. And this is just my storyline booking as far as it goes. You know, make him make him so much closer to beating to beating Bobby Lashley than he was Brock Lesnar. Uh, set that white hot. Um, carry that. I say carry that whole thing over into Mania, and you know, give him. I feel like. Finn Balor deserves—he deserves his WrestleMania moment because I feel like he has gotten a shaft ever since he's come back from his uh, from his injury. And if you're gonna put him, if you're gonna put him in a handicap match right now, which yeah, if you're gonna make him win and make him, and for all intents and purposes, I feel like if you're gonna put the sign on him tonight, he's gonna carry it into Mania. But if you're gonna put him in the, tonight, make him the demon.
1: Yeah, I I feel don't like don't do and, that, and they to kind of uh kind of add on to that, I feel like uh the reason they put Leo in the match is so Leo could take the pin and kind of protect Bobby Lashley for that reason that I had mentioned. Um, yeah. because if Finn gets the pin on 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 Bobby, it makes Bobby look like weaker than Bobby weak. Lashley than Brock Lesnar. You yeah. know, um, and I feel like that's honestly where they're going with it because Vince McMahon's always been favorable on on Bobby Lashley always yeah ever since the 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 Trump situation um when yeah. our president changed his head um so it's it's uh for me I that's a match I really want to see um and realistically if Leo Rush were to like come down and just just kind of throwing it out there and I, I don't think it's going to happen but but um but if Leo Rush were to come down and start talking mess to distract you know um Brock Lesnar during his match, you know, I I feel like that would kind of set off something leading into Mania for them too. So Brock actually has someone that he can believably drop the title to, and plus right. it would give Leo because Leo Rush, like remember, um, for a little bit on two hundred five live, he actually had a little bit of face tendencies for a little bit. Um, yeah, just a small, small, small window. It was like a like one one or two shows, and then he went yeah. right back to being a heel. But I feel like. One his 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 mic skills are getting better, on his own. Uh, Much better. He's getting, he's definitely getting better on the mic, and I feel like him having banter with um with uh, Paul Heyman would be would solidify his role. Because I mean, honestly, he's he's coming to that that managerial role really well. I would like to see him wrestle more, of course, but I mean, he seems like he's really enjoying being on main roster and and you know and actually being a talker. Because that's what he's known yeah. for as well. You know, when he yeah. was in MLW with uh, with good old Patrick Clark Dream over here, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he was a good talker Great team. He, he, was, he was a great talker then too. So it's just one of those things yeah. where I would love to see some banter between Paul Heyman and Leah Rush. I feel like Leah Rush would get the short stick, of course, because of Paul Heyman. But at the same time, I, I feel like it would really be a really fun scenario to kind of look at. Um, so going back to my prediction, I do feel like Finn's going to take it. I do. Um, whether or not it's it, it's it's the demon or Balor club is subjective. I I do yeah. feel like because Finn Balor in general is still hot, they're gonna they're gonna give it to him because, um, because they cannot Bobby, lose him to AEW. <laughs> you know, Bobby, Bobby, yeah, Bobby's definitely destined for bigger things, and I feel like that's that's Brock Lesnar. I do. I I do. How do you not put that match together? That match
0: was supposed to happen years ago,
1: mm-hmm. in my
0: opinion. But You're I think right. it's even better. But I think it but I think it happened the way it's supposed to happen there. And if this happens the way you say it, which which I think, yeah, absolutely. Very possible. Like you said, especially like like the key thing was the banter uh between right between Leo and Heyman. Which, by the way, real quick. I'm not so convinced that Leo gets short, the the shorthand and stick in that one. Only because Brock's on his way out. We don't know where Heyman's, Heyman's about to go. Heyman has been the talker for years. Like put Leo over. Mm-hmm. Put Leo over. I, I and that it would solidify him also. You know, and that will and that will help, you know, broaden his brand. Not just as not just as a manager, but as a wrestler also. Correct. But yeah, with you hundred percent, like you gotta give it you have to give it to Finn. Now, quick question before we go to the next one. Balor wins tonight. Who does he face at Mania?
1: Oof. That's a hard one. I I yeah. I, I honestly can't say for certain just because I don't know who would be a good rivalry going into Mania for him. Um, Right.
0: That's what, and that's, there's my, that's why I'm asking you because I was sitting here and I I was like, I have no idea, but let me ask Roy because he probably (laughs) has better.
1: Honestly, that's, that's a good one. I've got to really think about that. Like, uh, they might, weirdly enough, um, after this no DQ DQ squash of Corbin tonight, I I feel like they're going to go back to Corbin. I feel like Corbin's going to, going to take the, take the strap of Mania. I just, I feel it because, don't what, talk like that, Roy. So, so whether or not you like Corbin, you got to admit he's he's finally getting solid negative reactions from the crowd he's, because when he he's when he first tried, he has. And I feel like I feel like for him, he needs to win his first solo title. I do, and I know it's it's not the best of the IC titles getting the hot potato treatment. I don't, but I feel like if they do it right. Which I don't think they will, but if they do it right and they build good stories around those rivalries, then I feel like the IC title won't lose its prestige. Because you know, for a while there with the mid- we had we had a lot of a uh, hot potatoing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, movies didn't make sense, so the prestige dropped. And then you had the the rivalries between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins that helped. Um, and, and you had some other rivalries as well that I can't recall at the moment, but I feel like, um, it might be Corbin because I just feel like he deserves it. Um, he's definitely put in work to better himself as a, as a brand and as a wrestler as well. Yeah. Um, other than that, I, 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 am not a hundred percent sure, man. I, I can't say for certain Cor- Corbin's the only one that really, that really sticks out in my mind.
0: I'm still waiting on my dream match between Finn Balor and Mustafa Ali. Make that happen WWE for the love of God.
1: (laughs) That would be sick. That would be be epic.
0: Epic. Epic. But uh, let's go to the next match. Uh, Speaking of which, no disqualification match. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. I feel like Braun is going to win this match only because I feel like this would be the ultimate burial for Braun if they let Corbin win this match. They can't I feel, do, I agree. They can't, they can't do have anything with up. him after that. If if Corbin wins this match, you've pretty much buried Braun. Like there's nothing you can do with him after that.
1: Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with you there. That's 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 the mindset that I was going in. Um yeah, that I feel like this is gonna be a short short conversation. There's not really much yeah, else there's to not. You hit the nail on the head there like uh like Braun's gotta win. Yeah. He has to. Otherwise, they're throwing away years of investment in making him, you know, the monster among men. If he loses to Corbin, regardless of whether it's a disqualification, he's not—he's not a monster. Or anything. He's just a just just brawn. Oh. You know.
0: Ooh. Follow me here for a second. Let's let let's uh let's backtrack just a tad, just a tad. So last match. Okay. So, um, Finn Balor beats Bobby Lashley.
1: Mm, I Corbin,
0: think I know where you're going. You see where I'm going. Corbin, uh, Braun beats Corbin. Mm-hmm. Braun comes out, says he's ready. Uh, says he's ready for the match. But I see title just got off. Uh, just got off. Um, Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley, Leo Rush come out. Let Braun know what time it is. Boom! You got yourself a pretty darn good match for uh, for a uh, fast
1: that's true. Oh man, you're not wrong. Wow,
0: that's a pretty good match for fast lane.
1: It is. Oh my gosh. You,
0: now, question: Who do you put over? <laughs> oh god, that's, right horrible, me, that's, 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 a, that's that's that's
1: a good yeah, match. That's a whole
0: that. area for WWE to put themselves in. That while it's good on yeah, paper, no, that's a really hard question of who you put over.
1: Man, paper burns easily. Okay, we've already. <laughs> I understand, understand. Um, but I, I oh man, I, if I was forced to make a decision, then to be honest, I feel like Braun would have to take it just because with Brock on his way out, we were originally supposed to have Braun take the title from from Brock, but you know things happened, and yeah. so I feel like at this point, if I'm forced in that in that scenario, as much as I love Leo and Bobby together. I got to give it to Braun because, again, it goes back to all that investment that they made into Braun to make him a believable threat to Brock Lesnar just for him to lose not once – or, you know, not just for him to lose to, to Bobby Lashley. On the same front, though, I feel like that would give Bobby Lashley motivation storyline-wise to go after Braun when he takes Brock out.
0: True. True. I like where your head's at. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, but I just want to segue that just because I saw that in my head as you were talking, I was like, "Ooh, that looks interesting." But yeah, yeah no, it, it does, it does. Yeah, but I'm I'm completely with you, man. That's a no brainer. Like I said, this was a quick conversation. You got to go with Braun on that one. Uh, next match: women's elimination chamber match to be the inaugural Ooh. WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Woo! Help me Ooh. out here. <laughs> Help be be hard out hard here. Okay, so we got we have Sasha, we got Sasha Banks and Bailey. We've got the Iconics. We've got Sarah Logan and Liv Tyler. Liv Morgan, Jesus. <laughs>
1: uh, Liv Tyler. I know, right?
0: Oh gosh, they're going to bury me in the comments for that one. <laughs> um, We've got Carmella and <clears throat> excuse me. We've got Carmella and Naomi. I'm missing mm-hmm. somebody, aren't I? Bailey and Sasha. I Bailey and Sasha.
1: Oh, oh, oh Sonia you... and Mandy Rose.
0: Oh, uh, yes, thank you. Last group: Sonia and Mandy Rose. Wow. So where are we going, man? This is this should be good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like my heart wants to say, "Iconics," just because they're so entertaining. Yeah. Um, like. Like they like as far as their in-ring work, you know, obviously we haven't seen too much of that, but they are when they were in XC, they were definitely definitely putting in work. Yeah. Um, so I know that they can work for sure. Um, but what I what I feel that they have over all of the other teams is they have established, developed characters yeah. and motivations. So I feel like for me, um, it would definitely be iconics. On top of that, like they've already documented that they moved here, that they grew up together in Australia. They 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 moved here together. They they got into wrestling at the same time together. Um, so I feel like that combined with the fact that their characters are well established, uh, plus their their actual they were basically built in NXT. I feel like it's a uh, I feel like it's it's gonna be iconic. But at the same time, you know, like you said, this is a hard one because you've also got. Um, Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, same situation when they were in Absolution. You've mm-hmm. got um, you've got Liv Mo- Morgan and Sarah Logan because um, you know that would be that would be cool. But I, I I don't I don't really believe that Liv Morgan Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan are going to take it. Obviously, no, Naomi and Carmella are out. If they were <laughs> out now, um, I'm just saying. I'm just
0: saying. Oh, you have a beautiful. You have a
1: beautiful way of saying stuff. I'm saying, stuff. <laughs> that was i just saying, if they were, if, if they were in the pot, they ain't in the pot no more. All right, uh, all right. Right. Now, here's the interesting one: um, the Bailey and Sasha Banks. Okay, um, they obviously had that back and forth for a while. Now we know why, mm-hmm. um, where they had that back and forth on and off rivalry for so long. Right. Um, I feel like as much as I, my heart says Iconics, I feel like it's honestly gonna be Bailey and Sasha. I do, simply because of the fact that um, it's it has to be them, in my opinion, because they they've done so much not only for NXT and all of those women that came up through NXT. Because every single other team outside of not, well, no, outside of Tamina Snuka, really looking at it, um, and Naomi. Mm-hmm. every other female on the match, correct me if I'm wrong, was NXT at one point or another. Every single one of them. Yeah. Um. Right. I I feel like at this point it has to be Bailey and Sasha because of the fact that not only have they put in the most work and they had that long on-off rivalry to try to build towards this, in my opinion, but I also feel like it, it kind of gives the – WWE's version of Four Horsewomen, some some clout, some, some legitimacy, you know, like some, you know, I, I feel like at the end of the day, that's the end goal for next year's WrestleMania is a Four Horsewomen's match between Ronda and her crew. And then you've got, you know, you've got Becky and her crew. Cause I mean, right now, obviously you've got you've got Charlie and Becky, Charlotte and Becky going at it. Um, but I feel like some well-placed interference um, down the line, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel like some well-placed interference um, with uh, Shayna Baszler is going to come into play at some point between now and the next year. Uh, mm. That's going to kind of spur that mutual hatred for Ronda for and all of them. So I feel like um, that's the end goal for all of this, including the tag titles, is that four horsewomen's match. Because think of the media firestorm that they, that we're gonna get when they actually start pushing it.
0: Right. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that you pretty much know that we pretty much had the same train of thought. Um my head my head actually says the iconics because like you said, they of the whole group, in my opinion, they're the only real established women's tag team in the group.
1: Uh, I, I do disagree with that because okay, remember... Who else? Um, who, who else do you have? I was just going to say, like, as far as established female tag teams, definitely Liv Morgan and um, and Sarah Logan for sure. But I like I said, um, they aren't in my opinion, strong enough. Um, Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose definitely make a, a powerful group as well because they were also together for pretty much the, ever since they hit the main roster. Yeah. So, But of the three, I agree with you. Um, Iconics, definitely, and I agree with you there. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to, <laughs> didn't mean to
0: tune in. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. But I just feel like with the iconic story, it's like, if you're putting if you're putting together a story for a women's tag team, like I, I felt like all of you know all of them were just put together for a purpose with the for this purpose with the exception of the iconics. Now I know Liv Morgan, uh, you know uh, Sonia Deville, Manny Rose. Hey, what's up, listeners? This is Eric Big Grizzbilevson. I'm sorry. We went over our allotted time, so you weren't able to hear the rest of our predictions for Elimination Chamber tonight. But what you can do, go ahead and leave a comment on our messages. Let us know where we got it right. Let us know where we got it wrong. And we'll read those up to tonight. And guess what? After Chamber, we're going to do an exclusive post-elimination post-Elimination Chamber podcast. So we're going to fill you in. If you didn't listen, if you didn't watch it, come back. We're going to let you know everything that's going on and we'll make sure we'll do it in the allotted time. Thanks, guys.